You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. To the leadership of this house, and by the time of the end of this message, you'll hear that word differently. To the leadership of this house, there's the leadership and then there are leaders. And I came, my assignment today is to talk to the leader in you. The assignment that I have is I hope that you are, that you grab it with your faith. It is centered out of the word of God. And I'm praying that I act right while I'm trying to preach this. Because it is timely for where we are. You're all working on that hum. If you can get that feedback back, that'll be, that'll be very beneficial. Now, if you don't shout for nothing else, you need to shout that you're still here after two and a half years of COVID pandemic. I mean, seriously. What the Winans had this song, Millions Didn't Make It. But I'm one of the ones who did. If you made it, and some of you had COVID, and you've been delivered, and you're sitting in here acting like COVID did you a favor, if you're still here after COVID, you ought to be breaking every pew in this house thanking God for your life. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's real. We haven't seen plagues. We read about them, but we live through a plague. We live through a literal plague. Now, here's the thing that plagues do, my friends. Plagues go after and shuts down what we tend to worship. I need you to hear this. If you read Exodus, you will remember that the 10 plagues that God attacked, that God sent judgment on, were the very 10 aspects of Egyptian culture that they tend to worship. And get this, when COVID came, it shut the church down. Blame the governor if you want to. But thank God we're living here because we did what we had to do. But think about it, Growth Point. We couldn't have church for almost two and a half years. Could it be that God got sick of what we was offering him? And God said, I'm going to shut this down. Here's further proof of what I'm talking about. If you're used to what church was before COVID, it ain't coming back. Because for two and a half years, we were able to look at about 10 church services at the same time. And churches all over the country 
are struggling now with what are we now? Do we continue church as we have used, as we used to be? Or do we need to do something different? And if it's different, what does that look like in a post-COVID world? Folk ain't coming back like they used to. And if you're measuring the success of ministry by attendance, you got another thing coming. Because we're doing both in-person and remote and online. We had to turn on a dime, all of us had to, to keep people engaged in the word of God. And now studies show, it's what I do, I work in a seminary every day and we do this type of work and we found out that more people are doing church like this than they are where you are sitting in this space. What you gonna do? How you gonna serve? when the whole landscape of religion has changed. Particularly for African Americans, we have the largest number of non-churched black folk in America that we've ever seen. They're not coming to church and they ain't trying to come. And they okay with you coming as long as you don't come asking them to come. I came to ask you what you going to do about that. It's good that you saved, but that ain't why God saved you. God didn't save you so you can go to heaven. God's assignment for you is not heaven. Heaven is your reward. But heaven is not your assignment. And so while you're waiting on your reward, there's a job to do. There's some work for us to do. And it is way beyond getting a word from God. It's way beyond you thinking about how you can be in the center of God's will. It's way beyond that. As long as you can see people in your community killing each other on the daily, it's way beyond your being safe and secure in Jesus. Because you can be safe and secure and the world still dying and you're not living to your divine why of why God saved you in the first place. And it is in conditions like these, my friends, that God gets mixed up in your business. He gets mixed up in all of your stuff. God is a God of disappointment. God disappoints plans. We just celebrated my mother's birthday yesterday in Memphis. I just drove straight up from Memphis, 102 years old, and she's strong. I got some strong genes, you know what I'm saying? And she will tell it to you like this, God, man a paints, but God disappoints. I know that's old school, but you better hear what he's saying. When we start making plans according to what we see, 
on how we can grow in God, then God will step back and say, well, you can go ahead and sit in the God chair until it breaks down on you. And this is what we've been offering. Hear it. This is how it's going. This is how it sounds. We have offered unto God broke leg sacrifices. Diseased animals. You know, back in the Old Testament days, the way they did worship was to take their choicest, the law was, the, the, the order was, that they would take their best animals and bring it to the altar that cost them the most. Bring it to the altar so that it could be sacrificed for the salvation of the entire camp. And one of the things that the law says that do not bring any diseased animals because that's your view of your God. You give God your best. We've been giving God broke leg, worship, diseased praise. And the root of the infection is a theology of me and mine. So our praise is individual. Our worship is about me. My pursuit in God is about my growth. It's all focused on my relationship with God, my personal Jesus to the exclusion of connection. I'm here to stand before you to tell you, Growth Point, that our neighborhoods are going to hell because the church is too selfish. Those of us who claim Jesus are a bit more interested of the world than, of the people in the world than we are our worst enemy. We're busy pursuing God. It's quiet in here, y'all. Y'all was praising earlier. We're pursuing God for our own personal growth to the exclusion of our connection with the very people we need to be introducing to Jesus. God created us to be givers and not receivers. Yet the culture of the Church of America is a church in reception mode. And we flock to churches who will feed us and not churches who challenge us. We don't go to churches who challenge us to grow and bring accountability to our naked air. We need accountability. That's the church cuss word right there. Accountability. Somebody say that word accountability we will go to churches that will feed us what we want to hear especially if we think we got a lick of thinking that we are prophet we didn't had a dream that we were prophesying and then we wake up from the dream and now we're ready to prophesy to everybody that we can touch we ain't dealt with none of our stuff on the inside we still got childhood issues that haven't been healed from, but we got an anointing to prophesy to somebody. Keep your prophecy to yourself. I got enough issues on my own. 
we went to another person's church and they looked at us and then said that there's a prophet in you and then there you are coming back to your church and wondering how come ain't nobody respecting your gift I'm not trying to make no trouble I'm just trying to tell you that God had to shut this stuff down and don't you don't, don't, don't mistake it God will shut you down if you're not right if your spirit is not where God wants it to be God will shut you down can I get a witness in here we're praying to God for stuff that we want things that we imagine that would be a blessing for us and have no idea that the pathway to that is a cross. Persecution. Struggle. Where I come from in South Memphis is called paying dues. We want an easy growth. We want a growth with no edges or curves. We don't want any kinds of thing, anything to go wrong. If, if just someone in the church don't speak to me, then all of a sudden that person got a demon all of a sudden. This is the fruit. Are y'all still with me in there? This is the fruit of an insular church. A church that is more internally motivated for their own sakes instead of dying for the world's sake and we say we love Jesus we say we love Jesus the one who came down 40 and two generations lived in the vaulted dome of glory came all the way through and wrapped himself in human flesh didn't even have to do it had no need to come down to live the way he lived and to do the things that he did he literally didn't have to do it but he came all the way down just so that we could have an opportunity to join God in its work something happened with the church because we love Jesus but we don't want to follow him we love to call his name but we don't want to do what he did. Oh, we'll do the miracles. We'll do that all day long. But we don't want to have to deal with Pharisees. We don't want to have to deal with haters. And we don't want to walk in cities knowing that people were out to kill him. The Bible says that he set his face toward Jerusalem. And even the Samaritans got mad because they wouldn't stay in Samaria because they hated the people that was in Jerusalem. But he said, I got to go because for this reason, I came. And that's the Jesus you love. The Jesus that wasn't waiting on a blessing. He was a blessing. And he said that the church is supposed to look like him. The church supposed to respond like he responded I came to make some trouble this morning this afternoon I came to encourage you 
not to paint this picture of where the church is, is deficient, but to give you a word for today. And the word I came to give you today is, is somewhere in the pericope of Exodus, the third chapter. That celebrated text of the call of Moses. When Moses was called to do something that he really wasn't trying to do. Sounds like the church of today. In Exodus, the third chapter, thank you, Lord. I, I know I hear you right now. Exodus, the third chapter, beginning at verse 1. My text that I'm going to preach to you is from verses 7 through 10, but to lay the context, verse 1, and I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside to look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer. Take your shoes off, dude, for the from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Then God identified himself. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Now here comes growth point right here. Here's my assignment right here, verse 7. If you're following with me, watch this. Then the Lord said, I need growth point to put your place, in, put yourself in Moses' place. Because that's my assignment. The Lord said to Moses, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings. And I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Havites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So guess what, Moses? I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egyptian bondage. Yeah. 
Did y'all read that with me? Did y'all read that with me? Did y'all do what I asked y'all to do? I ask you to put growth point where Moses is. God says, I'm sending you to deliver them. I want you to think with me from where anointed leaders come from. That's the topic of my message today. Where do they come from? How does God call leaders is a very important thing to consider, my friends, because there are a billion self-proclaimed prophets all over the world. Just put a camera in front of you, read a verse, put it out on social media, and at least a million people will listen to you. Now, whether they should hear you or not, that's another thing. But that's the whole way that religion is being promoted now. Whether you have accountability, whether you have accountability relationships, whether you belong to a church or not, whether you have uh, some persons that are overseeing your gift, all of that is out the window in today's church realm. Anybody with a cell phone can get in front of the camera and smile and speak a truth. And you have at least a thousand people following them a week. It's important to see and to know historically and even in the current day how God operates and what God does. And I have been invited to come to preach for your church service. I was not invited to disturb your comfort. But I came with a divine assignment to pull you out of your seat. Because when God saves, he doesn't save you for you to receive all of your life. At some point, servant of God, you have to move from sitting to standing. Now, I need everyone in here to think of your name now. And to think about the fact, and think about the day you were saved. I want you to think about when Jesus saved your life. I want you to get that in your mind right now. Y'all got it? Get it in your mind. Remember your salvation. Now, I'm going to give you the backstory of your salvation. Y'all ready for it? The reason you were saved is right here in Exodus. God disturbed Moses in the backside of a desert who was done. Moses was finished. He was running from Pharaoh, fell in love with a dark-skinned girl, Zipporah, fell in love with her so much that he, as he ran from Egypt, hid in the Midian desert, fell in love with Zipporah, got along with his father-in-law, 
his in-laws were now outlaws. And he started keeping his father-in-law's sheep. And Moses' growth point was good. He was good. He was so good, he stayed in the Midian Desert for 40 years. Raised a family. Had a business. Life was good. Worshiped the Lord with Midian's family, with, with Jethro's family. He became a part of the family structure of his in-laws. Moses was good. Nothing needed to change for Moses. He had settled for keeping sheep. He's keeping sheep that didn't even belong to him. He's keeping the sheep of his father-in-law. He was done. He was just satisfied with going to church, going to work, loving on his family. He was good. That's what most of us hope for. Good, strong family. Good, strong church. Good, strong job. As long as I'm making some ends. Got a time to do some worship. And ain't no trouble in the house. I say, God is blessing me. I'm blessed of the Lord. And I'm highly favored. Ain't nothing wrong with having a good family. A strong church. And a doggone good job. If I had that, I would say that God is blessing me beyond my imagination. And it would be all right if God just left you right there. It would be fine if God just continued to sustain your life right at that point. But that ain't God, y'all. If you read Genesis to Revelation, that just ain't God. God just doesn't bless you and doesn't require more of you. Well, he's keeping his sheep. He's good. He's done. Good church. Good job. Good wife. Good kids. Good father-in-law. A good life. And God says, Moses, <laughs> you're not done. You're not finished. And what I'm leading you to do is a threat to everything you feel safe in. You've been running from Pharaoh, now you gotta go back and confront him. Not only do you have to go into Pharaoh's kingdom, but you have to go right up to his chair and tell him something that he can have your neck for if you say it. Growth point, that's ministry. This is easy. What's hard is staring the devil in the face and telling him what God said. And listen to what God told. Here's why God is messing with Moses. Because this is where you all will have a different kind of prayer. You will pray differently than you're praying here in this church. When God is disturbing your peace. When God is interrupting your plans, your prayer won't be a praise. Your prayer will be, God, you need to leave me alone. That's exactly what God, what Moses told God. God, Moses told God, who am I? And he gave all kinds of excuses. But I digress. 
Here is your salvation in the backdrop of why God saved you. God said to Moses, I'm talking to you, Moses, because somebody cried. That's where leaders start. Leaders in God begin when somebody fools around and prays to God for deliverance. That's where leaders begin. Leaders don't begin with a dream. Leaders don't begin with somebody calling them and saying, you got a preacher's head. Leaders don't begin with everybody in the church complimenting you because you seem to have some influence over people. The reason why God wakes you up at three in the morning is because somebody at one in the morning cried out to God. He said to Moses, I've heard the cries of my people and their oppression has come up to me and I've called you not so that you can drive a Rolls Royce, not so that you can live in a 20-room house. I called you because somebody out there needs to know that God is still in the blessing business. That's why you got saved. That's why God disturbed you. Because I don't know about y'all. But when God saved me, I wasn't done yet. Some of y'all going to catch that when you go home. I wasn't through sinning. And I liked what I did. I wasn't praying to God about it. When God saved me, I wasn't even thinking about preaching. I just wanted to do that thing right there. That's all I wanted to do. And it wasn't for church either. I'm from Memphis. There's a whole lot of blues happening in Memphis. That was my plan. I wanted to go to Berkeley College of Music in Boston and wait on Chick Corea to pick a brother up. That's what I was waiting on. Then here come God. God shut. But you know, God doesn't ask no permission to talk to you. Where my witness is at in here. He saved you because somebody prayed. Now we always talk about, and I'm grateful for, my mama's prayers. I'm grateful for my mama's prayers, y'all. 102 years old, a girl. That lady, she was a kid with her grandfather, who was an itinerant Methodist minister around the circuit of Mississippi. And whenever he preached, my mother was the praise team. From a young age, she'd been singing all her life. If anybody can get a prayer through, that woman right there can get a prayer through. Y'all got somebody in your family like that? You ought to thank God for that. But that's not the prayer I'm talking about. I'm glad your grandmama prayed for you and your grandmother got you through. Your grandmother's prayers got you through your trouble. The people's prayer got you saved. Somebody prayed your gift up. I know you prayed and fasted for 40 plus days and you went through and did all of that spiritual stuff so that you can have a spiritual gift. 
But let me tell you where it came from. God gave you a spiritual gift because somebody oppressed cried out to God. Somebody you may never meet. Somebody you may never shake their hand to thank them. But some people have been crying out in your community for a change in the community. And then God blessed you and filled you with the Holy Ghost. Not just so that you can speak in tongues. I'm glad you can speak in a heavenly language. But when you get through doing that, what you doing after that? God saved you and filled you with power so that you can talk to principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places that's beyond imagination. Because principalities and powers manifest. You heard? Spiritual wickedness in high places manifest. And they manifest in the very places you ain't trying to go. They manifest in policies. They manifest in procedures. In laws. They manifest in governmental structures. Principalities and powers just don't stay in the spirit. They manifest in the natural. Wrecking up homes and marriages, wrecking up relationships, making strong uh, principalities are things like drug addiction that's wrecking our communities. Principalities are gun violence that's killing people that we love on a daily. And here we are saying that we got power in the Holy Ghost and can't stop a bullet. God has heard the cries of your neighborhood. Folk that don't go to church praying to God. People that know, know Jesus like you know Jesus praying to God. God help us. What are we going to do? And as they pray, God disturbs you. And you get up at four in the morning, don't even know why you're up. You wake up at two in the morning, can't go to sleep. And you don't know what's going on in your life. And that's because God wants you to hear that he's picking you to turn this community around in his name. And that job, my friend, is not a safe job. It's not a comfortable job. It's a sacrificial job. It's a move that says I can't be comfortable anymore I cannot be just safe and secure in the space of my life anymore I can't just be satisfied with the joy that I experience in here hear me now don't you ever let nothing take your worship and your praise but if you believe that your worship is warfare if you believe it's warfare it prepares you for battle and the battle happens not in here, but when you leave that back door, when you go into your Monday through Saturday, your worship supposed to strengthen you and empower you to be able to stand in front of Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, let my people, and it's the type of radical 
spirit and radical power that your worship supposed to give you that doesn't just say, could you please let my people go? It is a boldness that the Holy Ghost puts on the inside of you. It's a boldness that says, whether I live or die, that doesn't even matter. I'm going to speak the truth, and the truth, once you hear it, you can't unhear what comes out of my lips. God has raised you as leaders to change your community. Every one of you, whether you have a title in this church or not, has influence. Every one of you. Somebody listens to you. Somebody values who you are. Somebody looks to you and desires the life that you betray before them. You don't even have to be an officer in this church, but God, if God saved you, you're a leader in the kingdom of God. You don't even have to compete with nobody for a position in this church. Are y'all still in here? Just live the life God gave you to live out there. Because the shift doesn't need to happen in here. The shift needs to happen out there. But if we leave here every week and just go into the hiddenness of our own lives, then we have lost our saltiness. And Jesus said, salt that has lost its saltiness is good for nothing but to be trampled under the foot of men. Moses couldn't get out of it, y'all. Moses gave God every excuse why he couldn't do it. I stutter, God. I I'm not, I'm, I'm slow of speech. God said, you got a brother. Let him talk for you. Well, God... <laughs> And every excuse Moses gave, God had a response because you can't get out of it. Now that 102-year-old mother says to me, used to say to me when my brother and I was growing up, she would say, you know, she would tell me to do something. Sister Rafa, she would, she would tell me to do something. And I would not move. Now my mother was old school. I wouldn't move, man. And then she was like, Kylan? <laughs> I said, yes, ma'am. When that tone of voice, when she would say that, then I knew what time it was. She said, you heard what I said. I said, I didn't hear you. She said, ears never miss. She said, you heard what I said. You better do what I told you to do. Because ears never miss. Every one of you sitting in here, every one of you, who God sees, God sees your struggle. God sees your hardship. God sees who you are. God sees your secrets. God knows you every wit and every way. God sees it and he still calls you. Now watch this. It's another thing I'm going to tell you and I'm going to leave you alone because y'all look like y'all don't like this medicine I'm giving y'all. The person that God made you to be is the only one that can reach the people in the community that can be reached. And God will take every part of your story, the good, 
the bad, the ugly, and the doggone unholy. And God will use that to help you to reach the people just like you. Because when we're saved, we forget what we used to do. And we act like we ain't never done nothing. And we want to try to put that way behind us. But that's, inf that's instrumentality that God wants to use so that you can connect with the people that, have come, that, that are still in what you just came out of. Moses had to go back to Egypt. And Egypt was the place of his curse. It was the place where Moses did not ever want to go back to because he had killed somebody in defense of his people. And God says, if you're going to do what I called you to do, why I saved you in the first place, you've got to revisit what you came out of. You can't just say it's under the blood and then don't deal with it. And one of the issues of the church right now is that we got a lot of unrecovered saved folk. People who have had childhood issues, childhood traumas, things that have happened that have broken your heart that have been unresolved. And so you start doing leadership with unresolved issues. And while you have the mic in your hand, giving God praise, underneath the words that you give out is a spirit that goes through the house of an unresolved issue. And you can plead the blood all you want to, but after you get through pleading the blood, you better go get some help with that unresolved issue in your heart. Because you can be doing ministry with a spirit of meanness because you're still mad at that person that did that thing to you a long time ago. I done lost half the church now. And so when you're getting ready to go out and do what God saved you for, what your real path, the, the real why of your salvation and the why of your calling, God says, get that stuff in your heart cleared up and cleaned out. Let the Holy Ghost show you your real self. Don't cover it up in praise. Don't cover it up in worship. Keep worshiping, but get it dealt with. Moses had to go back to Egypt and had to face the very one who wanted to kill him. He had to face the very one. I feel God, for, I, for some reason, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel God moving in this room right now because it's easy, y'all, to come in here and become completely blinded and completely distracted. We get distracted by all of the activities that we do in here and yet there's unresolved stuff. Unforgiveness. We got unforgiveness crawling up in our spirit. And we want God to do some miracles in our life. And we want God to do some great things. But we don't want to show God that. We don't want to show God that brokenness that we still harbors. And then we have a run-in with another person in the church that don't even know why we mad at them. In Jesus' name. God wants that thing in you this afternoon that unresolved issue because you're a leader maybe that's why you keep thinking that what God is telling you he couldn't be telling you because of what you are harboring in your heart 
because of the issue that you have in your life you ain't telling nobody you don't want to talk about that when somebody mentions that then you go off and you don't understand why you're going off God wants it right now because everybody listening to me is a leader right now and he's calling you just like he's calling Moses listen he says I have heard the cries of my people and I saved you because somebody cried and I will honor their cry by calling you I didn't call you to church I called you to the world I didn't call you to be just safe in here I called you to be empowered in here so that you can leave this place and deal with the very brokenness that broke you up and when you let God deal with that thing you talk about liberty you talk about freedom you talk about power you talk about strength in the Holy Ghost you remove all hindrances and then there's a worship that comes out of your spirit that is pure that's simple and that when you release your worship it cuts through the enemy's camp because it is unfettered by unresolved issues there is a room full of unresolved stuff and my assignment today is to call it out I call it out in the name of Jesus you're a leader you're not what the devil said you are you're not what the enemy told you you're a leader you're a leader for the community there's some people waiting on your voice there's people waiting on your witness there are people that's waiting on your power they're waiting on you to finally stand up and say I am who God says I am So let me deal with this ick in me. I'm not going to call it a demon because it ain't a demon. It's you. I'm not going to call it something that the devil put in you. It's life that has hit you in such a way that you don't know what to do with it. And it stays buried on your heart and it affects all your relationships. I'm calling that out right there. Father, in the name of Jesus. touch that thing touch that thing in their heart whatever that is God you know what it is Lord and they know it too and this altar waits on them with that thing that hinders their confidence it hinders their faith it hinders their belief it causes them to not trust people. It causes them to keep people at arm's length. It causes people to not give second chances. It causes them to close themselves in and get standoffish in all of these different ways that these types of issues manifest in our life. God, I call it out in the name of Jesus. And I pray, God, for those who are here in this place who are ready to release in you 
the hindrance of their heart whatever it is that hinders them from saying yes to you God you're calling me and I'm scared you're sending me to the communities and spaces that I would never go and I'm scared you're giving me a passion for a population of people that no other person in the church is going after and I'm scared God you're calling me to go back to the people who hurt me and the put some forgiveness and some anointing in that conversation and I'm afraid of myself I'm not afraid of them I'm afraid of what I'm going to do if I see them again I pray for that God that thing right there God break its hold upon your people now God in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Ghost God loose them and set them free that God, they might be able to give it to you today, no longer harboring it in their heart. Loose these leaders in the name of Jesus. And all the people of God said together, amen. Come on, clap your hands and bless the Lord in this house. Could you stand with me? Thank you for your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry. Now, this connection doesn't have to end here. Visit our website, engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, keep growing.